0: favorite podcast is We Trust" because he absolutely has no choice but to love this podcast as we're sharing a little apartment here. You no know hard guitar; you can hear me. I'm Jimmy Trashcan Cream Cheese Conradinho, also known as Jim Conrad, alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon, Zimmerman Davies, and of course, handsome Hollywood Heath <laughs> Pierce. And we have World Cup quarterfinals to preview and Greg Burhalter news to dive into. But first, Chuck, I'm coming to you first. Are we obligated to cheer for the Netherlands to do well since they beat us? And if they crush it, it'll make us look better. Sort of how it made us look better when Japan was doing well because I made our loss in a friendly a little easier to swallow. But then I also think there's another part of me that wants to see them get their asses beat because they beat our asses, you know? So where do you stand
2: on
1: this very important issue?
2: <laughs> I, I just want to see a good game. <laughs> I could <can, laughs> care less who, who wins. I know a lot of people want to see mess. What kind of attitude win.
1: is that, Chuck? Come on, man. Yeah, come come on, on, dude.
2: Give me goals. Side, I just want to see goals. High scoring, yeah. good game.
1: How about you? you no. Know, yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I'm I'm kind of torn on that one as well. Obviously, I go back to Greg Berhalter's comments about not having a goal scorer in the Champions League like a Memphis Depay, and then somebody put out that stat where Memphis Depay has zero goals in seven Champions League matches, and and (laughs) and like the six of our players have more goals than uh, our six Champions League top Champions League players have more goals than him. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would love to see the Netherlands continue to do well. It'll be another test for them. They were, you know, I, I think it was Van Dijk that was talking about how the problem is is when they're on the attack. Messi's summer off, chilling in the corner, uh, <laughs> resting and, and like. But I, I'm, I am truly with Charlie that I, I obviously want to see a good game because it's the quarterfinals. But I do want to see, um, I want to see this tactical genius put to a test for the Netherlands.
0: Yeah, why don't we just start on that game? That's the second one on Friday, and uh, then we'll get into Croatia-Brazil, which actually kicks everything off because we're already on this topic. What I found interesting when I did uh, a little bit of research, everyone, is that uh, I needed a reminder that Argentina and Netherlands had faced each other in the 2014 World Cup semifinals. I just completely forgot that. It ended 0-0 and it went to penalties, and Louis van Gaal was in charge of that team. They ended up getting third and beating Brazil in the third place game. And and Argentina still has Messi and Di Maria and a couple of their core guys involved uh, in this one as well. But since Louis van Gaal has come back in charge for the third time of the Dutch national team, they're unbeaten in 18 games. They're like, what? And uh, obviously, they probably put together one of their best performances against us in the round of 16. And and uh, Memphis Depay decided to show up and and uh, showcase why he's so good. And Cody Hackbow has been excellent throughout this competition. And then Dunzel Dumfries obviously was man of the match against us. And they've got so many weapons that I think they're going to cause Argentina some problems, but then obviously Argentina's got the best X factor of all time in Leo Messi. So Chuck, I mean, how do you see this one breaking down? Because I don't really see the Dutch extending themselves maybe in the first half. Maybe they, you know, try to shut up shop and set up shop, I should say, and then and then try to hit them in the second half. or Or do you think they're going to go for it?
2: I think they're gonna come out with a similar style to how they played against us. They're gonna concede possession. And Australia, I mean, they, they were stuck in the game. They got yeah, that. Yeah, they got goal. in there. And Australia doesn't even come close to having the quality that the, the Netherlands have. So they have a, a great chance to to win this game as well. I mean, when you when you have Virgil van Dyke and, and Nathan Ake just chilling in the back, that's a, it's a pretty good backbone to have.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, I mean, also, Jimmy, uh, I know we, we give Memphis to pie a hard time for his club numbers over the last year, especially during his United, uh, period. But I read the stat today that he's been involved in 34 goals in the last 30 appearances for the Dutch national team. Um, And so he does have an unbelievable form with the national team. He is one of these guys that I think, you know, when we talk about certain players that they show up, you know, Gareth Bale type that shows up for the national team that maybe doesn't at the club level uh, consistently. He's one that I think is going to be a a threat because he believes that he can score against anybody. And the Netherlands have historically, they've only lost in, in official competitions one time to, to, to Argentina. Now, we all know that if somebody sat us down in the locker room, we are like, hey, guys, you're part of this statistic of like nine times we played in competitions, we only lost once. Um, like that doesn't mean a whole lot, but it does when you go up against a giant like Argentina. There is a little bit of that percentage of belief there that, hey, we match up well against them, a European-style opponent against against Argentina. And so, yeah, I I, I don't want to write the Netherlands off at all, but I still think that, that Argentina are the clear favorites in this match.
0: Clear favorites... I feel like this is the, out of all the quarterfinals, the one that feels the most balanced and the most even. Uh, no, Di Maria didn't start the last game. Julian Alvarez came in and obviously played pretty well in, in place of Di Maria. I think there's are still and he's throwing
1: shade to- at Van Hall, by the way, throwing shade out there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys saw those comments about I did. Yeah, the Alba Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of funny.
0: I got plenty of time for that. I, I, yeah. this game's interesting. I, I think that since the Dutch went to a back three, and and really get their wing backs up and involved, which we unfortunately learned the hard way. It it just gives them a different look as opposed to the traditional 4-3-3 that they've been known for. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's a really interesting uh, game. Obviously, Leo Messi's just scored his first ever knockout round goal in the World Cup in the last round. And I feel like that's probably something that's been, you know, on his back for a little bit. Okay, yeah, he's a good player. He's the greatest of all time. But he's actually never scored a, a knockout round goal. And he finally gets that crossed off his list, and and I wonder, uh, you know, if that that helps him relax. The last thing I think you and want he's a is goal that, off a the record. Year. He's
1: a goal off of Body Studio's record as well. So there's a little bit of that, um, I'm sure as well. Knowing that, I don't know at his age, is there another run after this, or this got to be it, right? So, you know, I mean, he's already there's, publicly there's stated run.
0: that he's yeah, yeah
1: he's, he's publicly, publicly stated, stated this, this four times, sport. Jimmy. He's quit the national yeah, okay, team fourteen fine, times. Fine. He quits once a year just so he can go on vacation and then get a new coach in and rebuild the team but I I agree with you this is also father time involved in this one but um, but he does have that record uh, looming and he's a goal off of that which 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 like it or not these guys definitely think about you know he doesn't want to leave that leave leave the second as the greatest of all time to not set all the records
0: yeah no and I think there's some vulnerability that that back line I mean obviously giving up two quick goals to Saudi Arabia in the opening game and and being very vulnerable at the end against Australia I do like their midfields, you know, especially when they got a little younger with McAllister, who plays at Brighton, and Enzo Fernandez, who plays at Benfica, and then Rodrigo de Paul that plays at Atleti. Got a nice balance there of uh, of hard workers, ultimately, that are going to get stuck in and do the work that I think is necessary for them to allow Messi just to walk around and do whatever he wants. And, and I think it's funny that Virgil van Dijk came out and basically said that that's what we have to watch out for, is that Messi walks around. So I don't know if there's anything else we, we want to add to this particular Thing, uh to this matchup outside you, of getting yeah, into, I would say, I would say in this yeah, game
2: in. For, for Messi, Jimmy, where how much of a factor do you think he is? Everyone knows most of the play flows through Messi. Mm-hmm. So in watching the the three games in the group stages watching in the knock around versus Australia, how do you think the Dutch take that option away?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I had the opportunity to go to the Copa America in 2015 when they got to the final and lost to Chile. And I watched every single Argentina game. I was there. And I got to go... When I went to every game, I got to go into the, the media zone and I got to become friends with some Argentine journalists. And the running joke for them was that their goalkeeper actually had a more significant heat map than Leo Messi. That that the goalkeeper for Argentina, those standing around for most of the game, actually runs more than Leo Messi. But I think the counter to that is when you watch the game unfolds, even when he's standing, he still draws two guys to him at all times. And that ultimately still opens up space. If he drops any deeper, he's just going to take those two guys with him, And that ultimately hurts his team. So there is some value to him. That's how, just how dangerous he is to staying up high and just kind of lingering off into the shadows until it's time to pick up the ball and run at you and then score a goal or get an assist or whatever he he likes to do. So yeah, I mean, obviously his game is morphed too. I'm sure we'll get into the Ronaldo talk here in a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. but you know, he's had to adapt to not being able to run the way that he used to and having to be really efficient with his energy. He's still super dangerous. And I think there's pockets where you can exploit. It's in behind the wingbacks. If you can isolate Ake or Timber or Virgil van Dyke. stay central. But if you can stay in those pockets and force Dumfries to maybe get pinned back, then ultimately I think that helps Argentina. But, yeah, there's some good individual matchups here, you know, w- you know, with Acuna and, and Molina on either side, the, the outside backs for – for Argentina and, and how they try to approach it after seeing what the Netherlands did to our outside backs um, in the round of 16. So, so this is a great game. I think it ends in a draw after 90 minutes. And then I think uh, Argentina wins an extra time. Hey, or hey that's again.
2: that, that might be your best prediction of all time. That's one, two, since you got, <laughs> wow, I'm going
1: to wear that with a badge of, of all time, Jimmy, of, of all, all time.
2: time. I'm gonna two, that, yeah. uh, given that you've had some time now to, to chill Kind of reflect on the U.S. the three group stage games you're there with uh, all the American talent there with Fox. What has been the conversation? I know you've always been like two cycles, no way. The <laughs> conversation now is around Greg Berhalter talking about re-upping that contract. There's a negotiation process. What for you is is your ultimate outlook on, on the performance that we've seen from the U.S. Given your expectations, did they? Did they fall below it? Did they did they exceed your expectations? And just kind of where do you think they're heading? What's that next step look like?
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I missed uh, that part of the podcast, either due to bad Wi-Fi uh, in and around the stage area or or just yeah mainly because mm-hmm. of that. But I would say that um, I think that in terms of expectations, I expected them to get out of the group. And given the group and who we played and when in the group stages, I I thought we managed it pretty well. I thought that, uh, as I mentioned before, I thought our starting, starting lineups were all pretty strong outside of Jesus Ferrer in the round of 16. But when we look at the group stages, I thought that our starting lineups and our formations and and our tactics seem pretty good. The in-game management, that's something that the coaching staff and Greg Berhalter in particular is going to have to improve upon. And, and then, you know, when, when Louis van Hall makes those statements after the game, saying that we, that we never adjusted to his tactics. That's just another red flag that, that uh, clearly we, need, we have some work to do. Uh, but, and that's not all on Greg Berhalter. I think that some of that has to fall on the players to adapt to the situation too and recognize, hey, this isn't working. What are we going to do? We've talked about this with regard to Japan and, and the Saudi Arabia friendlies prior to the World Cup starting. And, and even in some of the other games too, where we're holding on against Iran, you know, just the in-game management in general. And we did enough to get through, and I was really impressed with that. We only scored two goals. We only gave up one. It was a penalty. So there's a lot to hang your hat on with regard to that. But I just thought when it came down to it and played a a proper team, that wasn't England. I know we did well against England. But I thought the Netherlands kind of got us figured out. I actually think that if Christian Pulisic scored in the first two minutes, I don't know if it would have changed the result ultimately. I think that the Dutch just had a better overall game plan that they were going to execute on. They were going to score in that game. Like the way like we gave up so many easy goals in that game,
1: that that it just felt like maybe that it was given like it some they knew where to. the goals were gonna be. Get down to the touchline, cut the agreed. ball back, and then it's insane. a second time, it was like we didn't we didn't even know. But I I I mean, just to piggyback on on Jimmy's thoughts, I the hardest part for me, Chuck, is that he gave me the worst case scenario, which he met my expectations. He didn't exceed them. And he didn't he didn't go, he didn't not live up to them. And he met at me right in the middle, which is round of 16. And my biggest regret now is not setting a different expectation. Because the way that we got there, right? If you look at it, take away, take away all of us dissecting the match, watching it multiple times. You look at clean sheets, okay? You look at the fact that we struggled to score goals, which we've done struggled to score goals for a while now. You look at the clean sheets. You look at the way in, 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 in which we, we played at times. Mm-hmm. And you go, man, all of this, are some bright signs. And then you play against the one opponent, right? When you look at England get to the knockout rounds, they shift to another gear and they say, no. Okay, these guys, yeah, you guys, everybody thinks that we're gonna struggle with them. Yeah, they struggled for 10 minutes and then they wiped them away. The U.S.
2: absolutely. And and Garrett Salgate also had to make some adjustments with his lineup, right? He did, yeah. And I I give him credit for that.
1: It's exactly that. And so when I look at this uh, Greg Berhalter thing, I don't worry about them signing a new deal with him because we all know that you're only as good as as your next game, right? Or your last game or your, your, your last result. And we've seen that before. I think U S soccer set that precedent, obviously failed with bringing in Bruce arena after, after Jurgen Klinsmann. But I think they set that precedent that this is not a presidential cycle that you just stay in office until your time is up. I think they'd be willing to move. And I, and I'd be surprised if they weren't starting to get into, because I think if you're U S soccer, you look at it the same way and you go, Either you had it mapped out already, or he again, same thing, didn't exceed your expectations and then fail in your expectations. He did exactly what every coach does um, and gets you to that round of sixteen, and then we were out, outplayed, outmatched both in individual performances as well as coaching. My question for both of you, by the way, is: Would any of it have changed with it? With with a different selection of 26. And I don't want to get into the whole like oh Ricardo Pepe want to finish his one chance or Jordan Pock. But could they have been the difference? You know, because Greg Berhalter made it clear: I'm not playing anybody but my strikers at striker position. I'm bringing these three guys because they're better than the other guys. And then we look at it, and the entire conversation for most of our World Cup, other than like little tiny details and shifts that are that are natural, was about the strikers, who's gonna play, why they should play, why they shouldn't play. Josh Sargent, yes. Josh Sargent, no. After the first game, you know, then he stepped up and proved himself. And then you have, you know, that whole thing. I wonder if that was the right crop of players, and if so, should that be judged upon? Should that be part of the conversation, and not just the fact that we got to the round of sixteen with "quote unquote" no strikers?
2: I my, guess I'll start my, with you, Chuck. I, Yeah, I would say my take is he didn't get it right with with selection of the roster mm-hmm. with the twenty six. Looking at the striker options because you didn't have much. We talked about the four right backs you you bring to the World Cup. In, in a scenario where you need to go get goals, who are you going to bring on? A right back? Mm-hmm. Shaq Moore? Ye- Yellen? We didn't have enough firepower off the bench or options. This was, for me, screamed the omission of Ricardo Pepe. He he played his way into – he should have been on this roster. He's played, in my opinion, has played his way into the twenty six man. At a minimum, he's on a better goals
1: percent. He's on a better goals per game number than 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 Gakpo is right now. Let's not and go. I know that. We're let's talking go, about different. Let's planets.
2: Not go, let's not even I know they're talking that. about different
1: planets, but what I'm saying is he's not coming off of zero goals. He's not zero goals and like you know the son of somebody, whatever. He is. He was actually in form, and you could you could. I guess what I'm not comparing him to Cody Gakpo, but I'm what I'm saying is. The validity of goals are goals. That is a high league, and when you are scoring goals, that should be counted for. Not because it's the Dutch league, we hold our striker against it because he's scoring in the Dutch league, or at a team at the bottom of the Dutch league table versus a Gakpo who's scoring regularly in the Dutch league is now linked to every club in Europe. You know, like there still has to. The, I believe the standard is respected and should be respected by us as well.
2: And I'll also add that I think Jordy Folk should have been on this roster as well. He's playing every week in the Bundesliga. He's he cooled off a little bit, but he scored goals. You know that in a in a in a case like the Dutch game, you go down a goal, it's late. Why wouldn't you put why wouldn't you have that as an option? As, as a just in case scenario, instead of having an extra right back, an extra two right backs, right? I just think you, you could have prepared a little bit better in terms of having more attacking options and and actually more goal scorers because that's that's what we need so um I, I would say from that standpoint i'm i'm disappointed but overall in watching how they played England because that was the toughest test we we really wanted to measure where we were in that England game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exceeded my expectations and I, and I would i would hope that it exceeded Everyone's expectations and how we took it to England, how we neutralized England, how they after the ninety minutes were like, "What the hell just happened?" Who,
1: who the hell? Yeah, they were for five like, minutes, and that? then they got out and, of the group at right. the top, and then they then they spanked in the round of sixteen. Senegal.
0: They spanked, Senegal. you know, yeah. Yeah. and
1: and it, it, and and, it, yeah. and and that to me is the difference. Is like they saw us, they learned from it. They go, "Man, this team's good. Let's respect them." All right, moving on, and now. They're a match away from a semifinal, and what I think is the most balanced match, Jimmy, which is the France, uh, France-England France, game. I think that well, was pretty pretty tightly matched.
0: No, no, no. I look forward to breaking that one down, too. I, I'll just jump in and finish. I agree with you. Ricardo Pepe should have come in, Chuck. I think that um, thinking about that last game, starting Jesus Ferreira in that moment, Pepe just felt like a better fit. He can do a little bit more, a little bit. He's a, he's more of a proper number nine than Ferreira, mm-hmm. who, I don't know. Maybe we just wanted him. He was just dropping so deep, which I think was by design, but it wasn't working. So then
2: was have, he in a have, position? Then have, then have uh, Gio have Or, Jordi, or Jordy <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, no, right. you right. don't have uh, so, yeah, another yeah, right. midfielder, then have Gio Reyna, who's a, a, mid, I agree. a better I, midfielder. Right? I
0: agree. That's the only starting lineup that – or the one piece that I thought he got wrong and, and obviously wasn't prepared for what the Dutch mm-hmm. decided to do, which, yeah, we could get into that too, But but – uh, and then Jordy Pifak, given that we actually had, what, more crosses in the group stage than any other team? He, he might have been a nice guy to have. I, I don't know if that was by design or if it just worked out that way. But uh, Ricardo but, Pepe, for uh, me, definitely yeah. should have been on the you, team. You, Shaq Moore you know, could have been left at home. Yedlin
1: could have been left at home. Right. Some One of those guys. Jordan did, Morris. Did it not feel like who? Jordan Morris. I mean, these guys all played, Charlie. Like, uh, not, I, not I, to mention. I, I know. You know, like it's not even selections. These guys um, were selected and then they were and they were implemented into the game plan. And that was my next question to you guys was, you know, when you're playing a game of cards and you're waiting for the time to use the hand and that that window is closing. And then all of a sudden you use the hand and it it doesn't work the way that you thought it was because the circumstances Mm -hmm. have changed. It felt like that with players at times. Right. Which was like like uh, uh, Jesus Ferreira. No knock on him, fantastic player. But it was like Greg had h- held this hand, and all of a sudden, it was like, Oh, now here comes the curveball, right? I'm going gonna, gonna, to, I'm, now, now, now we're in the count. This guy thinks we're going with this. I'm going to throw this curveball at, at, at the Netherlands. the Netherlands, like, uh, we're not even thinking about yeah. that. And, yeah, exactly, and I right. feel like it was sort of almost a little bit of that overthinking, tinkering, or overthinking, or whether that's arrogance or, or naivety or whatever um, it is. I, I, I just, I, I, in, in a World Cup, I, I can't understand where you saw all three games where you said, you know what? Jesus Ferrer just doesn't make sense in these games. He just doesn't. And <laughs> then you go, now he does. Now he does.
2: Right. And well, again, I think, not, I think, right. I think if design, Sargent was healthy, design, we would have started Sargent. If we, if yes, Sargent would have been healthy, we would have started Sargent. Sargent, yeah. Sargent. And Haji Wright didn't do a lot
0: with his time. I feel like no. his hand was forced to go with Ferrer at that point. But he should have just gone with Wea. And Morena.
2: I have to address – you know me. If something gets me, I'm going off. Charlie. YouTube back in the comment
0: comments. There we go. Uh, Charlie's YouTube triggered. Com- it's
2: Charlie. Charlie. Let's chuk, go. Chuk, he says he, he, he's talking about Joe Scally, and he says, "Why does Charlie not understand that Scally was brought as a left back and not as a right back? Is he that smart?" Um, how about Joe Scally is a right back. He's a natural right back. He plays <laughs> club <laughs> as, as a right back. Left back. He was just brought because he can kind of play left back, but he's not a left back. You could throw out any of the right backs as yeah. left back. So ultimately, no, he's still a right back, even he if he's ream left listed back. under left, right? Like, stop it. Let's be honest. Uh, okay, so, okay. Okay. There you go, Cole.
0: I, I appreciate uh, Cole triggering Charlie. That that uh, actually yeah. pumped me up. It only hey, took 20 yeah. minutes for, for some, Charlie some to get in. Some people
2: just, comment. you know, listen, sometimes this is what I, I, I want to say this about
0: Greg. I, I think the big decision that needs to be made by U.S. Soccer is whether they think he can grow as a coach and whether they think we've hit a ceiling with what he can provide as a coach. And I think there are a lot of people out there, rightfully, that think this is it. This is as good as it's gonna get with Greg. And and
1: can he learn Do you, learn think, do you from... think they're asking the players? Do you think that do you think that US soccer is going to some of those no. leaders and saying, I mean, Jimmy, you, you know it. You I don't talk want, to some you of those don't players, want players on your it. shoulders of the player. No, no, I, I,
2: I think they're but, not because if they go that direction. And you, they'll, keep know, him, they'll get
0: a different answer.
2: Uh, you, you, you yeah. lose, you lose respect because you're like, oh, they're asking me if we should keep her or not, me- meaning they're not sure you themselves. Give, you can't do that once you, you go to give that That's that
0: power to the player.
2: You can't, you. There's no U-turn if you're going to Tyler Adams and you're going to Christian, you're going to Weston, you're going to, and you're like, hey, do you guys, do you guys like him? Should we keep him? You're telling them like, nah, he's, he's, he's not, uh, he's not even hey, at your level, right? right? Like right. you decide if he's no. no. Can, Can, did you guys see way.
1: Gio, did you see Gio throw his arms up when Greg missed the bounce pass in the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was one of the most awkward moments I've experienced in a game where Greg went for that for that bounce pass and he missed, and Gio was like, yo, man. Like, <laughs> give, me the, <laughs> give me the ball.
2: That, that's I like just, that that the ball you know in. that reaction is I'm not playing, I'm heated. And yeah. now you're gonna do the back pass and miss yeah. it? Oh, hell no. Yeah. Like yeah. Get, just get me yeah. out the stadium. Uh, I actually,
0: actually, yeah. prior to him, I don't think he did too many early bounce passes until we got out of the
1: group stage, right? I mean, oh, he did one in the I locker actually, room for Tyler, and he missed that one as well. Yeah, ever, they I made him, the they ball.
2: made him run it back.
1: Yeah, they're gonna <laughs> run it back. <laughs> uh, they said, check the ball I, out. They
0: said, take <laughs> it back to the top of the circle. I appreciated that Greg stopped with the the hijinks once the World Cup started, and then when yeah. he started doing the bounce passes again, I was like, God damn it, you know? Or when he's wearing like jordan's in a t-shirt to the round of 16 and we got louis van hall dressed in a suit and you're like all right i feel like there's whatever it's a little thing i'm nitpicking here but i just and i know that's been his mo the I whole know time so, so proper
2: I, jimmy I, yeah I'm no but joking. i mean when like, did you become like, mr, like, mr. old-fashioned wow, no, 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 jimmy no, listen, on his listen, eye listen. horse over here
1: hey just for the job <laughs> you want not the job you have charlie <laughs> not, hey, this is a
2: black tie <laughs> event here uh you can't wear uh just a collared shirt you can wear whatever the hell he wants gotta wear a bow tie
1: I'm
0: just saying that that I liked that he just kind of like like that was that that was this is the, like this is the real shit now. like this isn't this isn't dick around bounce pass stuff. time. This is time to like lock in and and get it done. there's there's time to have fun and friendlies and all that type of stuff. but like, what's
1: the World Cup time? Round of sixteen? I don't know, man. I just I will say the bounce pass theory though of 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 the way a bounce pass works <laughs> so that you can quick throw in <laughs> makes sense to me.
2: <laughs> Not you guys? Hey. Go ahead, Heath.
1: Go, Charlie, go remember, ahead. do you remember how he explained the theory of this? Where, like, if you yeah. bounce pass, the ball's coming up into your hand, so you're going back for your throw, and you can quick throw. That's the whole idea of the bounce pass. Now, behind the back, through the legs, you know, you know, no looker, that's a little bit – we don't need that. But I do um, – I understand the theory of the, of the bounce pass because you throw to the chest, guys. Come on, I'm teaching my six-year-old, uh, you know, bounce <sighs> passes right now. Ball back behind your head. We are
2: – I, I prefer know, the overhead throw, so I'm catching it Here.
0: And I'm coming right. Oh, man. We're working really hard to justify the bounce pass. But I will say, uh, oh boy, I don't know. I mean, I guess the the big question for all of us watching and, and us thinking about it and talking about it in U.S. soccer, of course, is just whether we think he's reached his height as a coach or do we want to continue to learn on the job with him, with this group of players, which... They're clearly learning together, and I think there's some value to that. I mean, I, I know that I said no two World Cup cycle, and Charlie, this is kind of answering your first question about 15 mm-hmm. minutes ago. But it's fine. Better it's, late it's than never. <laughs> two, two World Cup cycles, right? We have Didier Deschamps. We've seen it with Yogi Love when he was in charge of Germany. This and answer you know, they, is like two ha-
1: World's, World Cup cycles long. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. <laughs> well, you are the guys—the one that took it and made it about bounce passes and stuff.
2: <laughs> Jimmy, so, so, I missed you,
1: man. It's been just me yeah, and Charlie being nice
2: to each other. I know, like a week. I know. I attention know. in here. I, you know? I
0: gotta, I gotta be. Uh, I gotta. He's be more, he's kind
2: of uh, in fox mode. He's trying to break out of the little fox mode. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. <laughs> but um, no, that would be the only thing, and I, I think that uh, I just wish so we wouldn't rush Jimmy? into it. Why Why do we need to rush into it? Why can't we just give this a month or two, and in that month or two. Maybe make us a couple phone calls to see who might be interested in it. I don't know what 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 the rush would be on that.
2: My my theory is there there is no rush, immediate rush. You don't just go out and replace them just to replace them. So, mm-hmm. I I don't want to see us replace them with fifty
1: person lists. I've seen like, fifty person lists of any coach that doesn't have a job right now. That's won something in their career. Luis Enrique know? is available. You know,
2: it's like I don't want to see us replace Greg Berhalter with. Um, uh, another American candidate, you know, another American candidate. Let's just say uh Peter Vermees, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't want to see that. But if you told me Roberto Martinez, a, a coach that understands the American, like I remember Roberto Martinez was covering the World Cup in the U.S. for ESPN. I think it was 2010, the 2010 World Cup, and mm-hmm. he knew so much about all of all of the whole group. Dude, and I was like, how this- the hell? When, this, when he, he was on much about these players, I, I when, just want somebody who has a different capacity, a, a, has a different perspective, has seen all these different players, has coached successfully both club and internationally, and wants to take this opportunity, which is a massive one, to basically change the narrative of U.S. soccer forever. This is yeah. what this World Cup 2026 mm-hmm, has mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the ability. I, so, If you want to put your best foot forward and give the best opportunity for U.S. soccer to say, you know what, now we are a nation who can push for World Cup semifinals, who can push for Confederation Cups titles consistently, you need to have the right coach in place, and that cannot be a decision you rush.
1: Yeah, and and, the other other thing I wanted to say, Jimmy, sorry, real quick on on Roberto Martinez was when Paramount Plus first got the Champions League from Turner – uh, Roberto Martinez was on the Paramount Plus show. I don't even yeah, know was. if it was Paramount Plus yet, if it was still uh, CBS All Access, whatever. Um, he, was, he was so damn impressive to me in terms of listening to him in real time, take really hard questions and simplify. Them. And we all know, right? It's about information and, and his ability to break down information. Normally I'm kind of like, ah, I'm hearing some fluff in there and hearing whatever. When he talks, it was like, and sometimes you hear coaches and you're like, okay, all you think is tactics. But his humanizing, like I, I, he was one of the few guys in TV broadcast for the last twenty years that I was like, I will listen to this guy all day long, and and I have a huge respect for. Obviously, he just failed, but like I have a huge respect for his mentality and and the way that he thinks about the game. Plus, we get Thierry Henry, which would be great.
0: Oh, like, <laughs> no, I would love that if he go. came over. Yes, I would be all for that. I just think if we're gonna do it. And I don't want us to rush into it, and that's my big fear. Is like, well, he did, he did. Greg ticked all the boxes, and so, Uh, yeah. But I think we need to be thinking bigger than that. But,
2: but yes, and and I I want to
1: talking about winning a World Cup in 26, though, right? We should like no, no, no. That that should
2: be the mentality, though, whether whether it's realistic or not. That should be the goal. Let's put let's put a team together with a manager, a belief that we can win the World Cup. And if we fall, if we get to the semifinals, guess what? Great, but don't right. say, "Let's just get out of the group." No, the 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 goal should be to win. That should be the expectation. If we reach it, or we don't reach it, fine. But we should be pushing past the quarterfinals. We should I just get think into we should hand semifinals. off. We should hand the bet the baton off now. That's, oh, that's where we I just should don't know be. If that's aiming the
1: right for. the right pressure to go from round of sixteen beating to World Cup winners in three and a half years. I understand the mentality. Why not? Why not? You, because you we just, weren't even you, close. You went with, it's going to be hard. Think of the
2: expectations going into this. We were talking yeah. about barely making the, the, the damn World Cup. People are like, this team's too young. They're soft. They don't have enough experience. They're too naive, blah, blah, blah. We get to the World Cup friendlies before the, 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 before the, the uh, World Cup. We get absolutely hammered by Japan and Saudi Arabia. How, how many people thought we were getting out of this group? How many people thought we would have well, a performance we did At that point, I was, I was a little England. nervous
0: after the friendly. Think yeah, about Yeah, yeah, that. I get it.
2: And then we outpossessed Holland. Yes, they absolutely manipulated us and and played with us. But we, for the at least <laughs> for for, for big portions of the game, we we <laughs> controlled the the possession. We they gave it to us, but we we didn't look like we were out of our element. We just didn't have a nine. We didn't have a goal scorer. We didn't we didn't have creativity. We didn't get that part right. But what I will say is. Looking at this group and some of the young players coming through, mm-hmm. we will have every opportunity to make a, a real run at
0: this. I agree. So why not? I, I think what why needs not? to be determined, though, is, yeah. is what the format's going to be. Because they're now throwing it back to potentially it's, 12, it's three 12 groups of four. No, really? no. They're talking about it here. 12, oh, wow. They're, gonna, they're considering going back to groups of four. Oh, which, which, Interesting. I don't know. I don't I don't know if that makes it easier or harder because when you start to four? think about the that's teams guys, because are, Charlie,
1: it was supposed to be it's supposed to be groups of three that would go into the round of, of sixteen. Um, two, two
0: top two, two of each
1: top two of three of the three would go in from 48, would take and you. Down go right into the round of 32. 32, yeah. So you'd only play two group games, and then you would go into round of 32 and then 16. I mean, that's quite a run. Um based on matchups. That? If you
2: I would want the four.
1: Yeah, I think the
0: four gives you the luxury of actually dropping a game and still being okay of getting through. Um, yeah. If you drop a game in, in a group of three, Oof, it could get done. a little, a little dicey done. there. Yeah, it could be done. And I think they're probably taking that into consideration, especially given some of the great games that we've had here in the group stages uh, in Qatar. But yeah, yeah, I think they're going,
1: I think they're- Wait, so how I, would that work you, then, Jimmy? If, if it's groups of four? 12 groups of four. 12 groups of four. So then yeah. what, how do you get out of the group then?
2: Top two. Top two, the same as always. So no, that you'd, you'd have to 24.
0: 24, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess.
2: Oh, they'd go back to 94 World Cup, where like a couple of the best third place teams get out. Where yeah, the U.S. You got out that. as a third place and team, you would end up in the 32.
1: Right. So, I but
0: mean, then you're adding really a game to the risk. tournament. Yeah. But then you're adding the game to the tournament because now you now it takes you eight games to win it. Yeah. Right now, but right like, now, if, if you're, you're FIFA, you're like, this is amazing. Let's add games. We want
1: more games.
2: Yeah. We
0: want. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
1: That's fair.
2: I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool. With yeah.
0: that. I'm cool with that in the game too. I mean, more games,
2: <laughs> yeah. better, baby. I'm but, cool with uh, that. Let's go.
0: But yeah, anyway, yeah, that's Jimmy's what Jimmy's worked for sixty days
1: straight, and he wants more games.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a lot, but it's it's been a lot of fun too. So yeah, I guess that's uh, that's but that's what they're that's what I'm hearing here on the ground is that they're they're considering uh, twelve groups of four. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about like what that next round would look like. But yeah, that makes sense to what but Charlie said.
2: In 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 knowing that probably long term, to to really win. Uh, or have a, a great chance of making it the furthest we we've uh, we've ever uh, had um, a group go in the World Cup in 2026. I think Greg Burhalter deserves a lot of credit for taking this role, getting this group to World Cup, getting them that experience, all of the above. And I think that's when you just clap him, you say thank you, and hopefully he finds an opportunity that works for him. But I hope U.S. Soccer is doing their due diligence, and I I, I think with Ernie. Being in the position he, he's in, he's he's looking at all the options. I think it's just Roberto Martinez is free, right? What would it take mm-hmm. to convince him to take this? I know he was he was already itching to get back to 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 club because um, I had all heard those conversations of him wanting to take a big role, getting back to the to the day to day instead of the the month to month with the national team. So. There's not it's not like there's a ton of options out there and the option has to be right. One that yes, you're going to learn tactics and and push the the players and he's going to gain the respect right away, but also someone who can connect. If you if you're just a manager who sees things from the outside and doesn't take the time to connect with your players and understand them, forget it. Right. It'll never work with an American team.
0: All right, so on that note, why don't we uh get back to the previews. <laughs> mm. We started with Netherlands Argentina. Let's talk a little bit about Croatia versus Brazil. This one's interesting because Croatia are having a tough time scoring. They lost their number 9 Mario Mandzukic, who doesn't play for the national team anymore, obviously very pivotal for them, second most ever goals for the Croatian national team behind uh, divorce Vrschuker who has 42 and Mandzukic has 33, so does Perisic who's on 33 after this last game. But I think Croatia is just going to have too much work to do. They didn't look great against Japan, but they have Livakovic and goal who, you know, standing on his head in penalties and they get through. But, um, but Brazil for me are just a different beast. I mean, Okay. Their front five or six guys are insane. The guys that come off the bench to replace those five or six guys are also insane. <laughs> then they have these some of the best holding midfielders, and then their back line is super solid. And then, hey, by the way, if you get through all of that and they're very good at pressing, you still have to get past one of the best goalkeepers in the world in Allison. I mean, they're just they're just unreal. They've only given up two goals so far throughout this tournament, and they can score goals in bunches. I feel like this one's either 1-0 Brazil or 3-0 Brazil. It's like 1 or 3. There's really no, I mean, nowhere in
1: between. I just don't see Croatia scoring in this one, Heath. Seven of Croatia's last eight knockout, ra- or last eight World Cup, or like, uh, not World Cup, but official competition games have gone to to extra time. And they've given up yeah. their first goal, and I think six or something of their, last, of their last eight games, they've given up the first goal. And so it's a really interesting statistic, uh, or both of those are, I, I find really interesting, that they're they're just good at dragging the game out, and they can grind mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. If you remember Portugal in the Euros, when they, I think they won one game in regulation time. The rest was just grinding out one zeros or right, zero zeros right, in, in, right. in extra time. There's a value in that, and I know everybody's gone after, not everybody, but a lot of people I know have gone after a lot of the the traditional European. I don't want to say traditional European teams, but a lot of the European teams that play very disciplined, very tactical. That's your Switzerland's. That's your Croatias. That's your you know, even England get get attacked for this. Wales, it's not, it's not the most beautiful all the time, right? And then you get the Brazils of the world who once they score one, they'll score six or they'll give up four, right? Um, but there's a function to that, and they can drag these games out further and further and then be able to finish when they get their opportunity. I still think it's hard for me to to, to write off Brazil. I, I just they've kind of got this this run happening right now. Um that that i don't think it's going to be hard to beat although brazil do struggle in knockout rounds of tournaments against european teams as well like they they haven't been good historically against european teams um and so not to say that you can put them all into a pool but there is a difference of style that people have been talking about which is like oh what if uruguay had played argentina in in the knockout rounds that would have been a different game right that that kind of stuff there is certainly uh certain styles of play or way in which they play that that um from certain regions that that makes a difference Charlie,
0: I'm going to give you some fun facts, and I want to get your thoughts on this game. Uh, Croatia have been to the knockout rounds. This is their third time ever in their history. 1998, they did it, and they got to the semifinals. 2018, they did it. They got to the final. And in 2018, they won in the round of 16 on penalties, won in the quarterfinals on penalties, came back to beat England in extra time, and then ultimately lost in the final when they completely just got worn Mm -hmm. out and beaten by a better, more talented France team. And so I feel like they're just hitting their France team a little bit earlier this time around with this Brazil team. Not to say they can't trouble Brazil, and Brazil's actually had a tough time scoring goals in the first half. They didn't score in the first half of any of their first or the, any of the group ga- group stage games, and then obviously lit up South Korea for four. But in the first half, but uh, but I I, I wonder uh, if if they're going to have enough, especially without that killer number nine. I mean, they they lack that as well.
1: So and, and, by and the way, Charlie, they're they're real quick, old. let me let me they're let me give older. a correction. That was seven of the seven of the last eight knockout rounds for Croatia uh, have gone to uh, have gone to extra time.
2: To, um, extra time. Uh, yeah. And shout out to my boy Ivan Perisic, uh, still crushing it, doing it, crushing doing it big it. For, a for Croatia. Just a baller. Um, but they are older, and it seemed like Japan. The Japan match just took a lot out of them, out, out of every single player. And all of a sudden, you got to get back up for Brazil. It's a it's a you don't count. Luca Modric out. has his They're hands on so his knees after every
1: game. He looks so tired. He looks <laughs> so, tired. so tired.
2: But they, they are so experienced and tactically sound. And when you talk about defending and playing for your country, they 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 do it as good as anyone. If they keep this game close, they, they have a real good shot, I think, to move on. If they keep it close. But if Brazil Gets going and they get that that first goal and then they force Croatia to be a little bit more aggressive and open themselves up. It's yeah, it's a, lights, lights out. Yeah, night
0: time. Yeah, night night. Yeah, it's done. So 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 we're saying Brazil Argentina in the semifinals for the first one, correct? Are we all leaning that way? Uh, That's
2: where I'm going. Oof, yeah, I'm too. going.
1: You're gonna have Netherlands, Charlie? You going to the Dutch? You going Argentina? To Netherlands, Argentina Croatia? don't in the
2: Argentina don't have a nine either.
0: I get that. I get that. Or if they do, they play him out of position in Julian Alvarez. But
2: So Messi I'm, can play the false name. I'm going to go Netherlands-Brazil.
0: Wow. wow. Look at you, the contrarian Charlie-Chuck-Wagen-Davis. Wagon wow. All right, everybody. <laughs> we're going to take our first and only break of in soccer we trust. When we come back, it's the other two quarterfinals that we're breaking down, the two ones from Saturday. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits
1: you.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. We want to let you know that you can catch the likes of all of our U.S. men's national team players, Pulisic, well, not all of them, but Pulisic, Reyna, and Des in the Champions League exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Make sure you scan the QR code in the corner to get a 50% discount using offer code all year. So make sure you do that and support the show. We would really love that. Also, we have an In Soccer We Trust store. If you want to get some gear like the stuff that Charlie Davies is wearing right now, nice little hoodie. Uh, and you're feeling generous, and we're feeling generous. Use code soccer 20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. We have t-shirts, hoodies, pint glasses, hats, mugs, bags, and more. Visit the in soccer we trust store now and use code soccer20 for a 20% discount. All right, boys, let's get into the next set of quarterfinals. And let's just get into the Cristiano Ronaldo stuff that's happening. I heard that he didn't train today initially, and then I went and looked at reports, and he did ultimately come out and train with Portugal today. But obviously, so that's media, a bit distraction,
2: just messing things up here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he put out an a, a Instagram post basically saying how united they are; they're not going to let the media break us up, and you know we're going to be fighting through the adversity and blah blah blah. But I think that Portugal looked fantastic when he wasn't on the field, and it's it's tough; it's tough to see you know one of the best to ever do it have to go through this eventual end of their career. And uh, Messi won't be too far behind, I think. But I wonder about this Morocco team. I'll talk about them very briefly. Obviously, one of the biggest surprises, um, the first Arab nation to ever be in the quarterfinals of a World Cup, only the fourth African nation ever to be in the quarterfinals of a World Cup. My issue in them, they've only given up one goal this whole tournament, and it was an own goal. So technically, nobody's actually scored against them. But Neva Gerd is probably out with a growing injury, one of their center backs, and Romain Seiss, their captain, is looking like he might not be 100% either. He might not play. And if you lose those two guys, uh, I think it's going to be lights out. It might be lights out anyway. I think Morocco might have run their run and, and kind of in, similar to Croatia have hit their ceiling in terms of what they're capable of and, and do they have the energy to continue to play defense for 80-plus minutes and, and then get that one. They, they do. I mean, and Ezri, who I do like as a striker, he's a bit hot and cold and um, and they don't really have a lot of depth in that position but they do have Hakim Ziyech they've got Ashraf Hakimi they got Mazraoui on the other side they've they've got some some ballers in there and I love Amrabat Amrabat in, in front of that back four is sick and I think he's going to come out place for Fiorentina in Serie A and speaking of Serie A you can catch it on Paramount Plus make sure you sign up <laughs> but but I just don't know. I think they, they as I said, I think they maybe run their race. So, so uh, Heath, your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I like Portugal is because it's got to be a pretty big relief to do it without Ronaldo, right? Um, to know that, to, to believe that the team, there is a team first mentality and he's got to buy into that versus otherwise. You've got eight different goal scorers in the squad that shows that you're capable of scoring in the run of play from different areas. And there is this, there is this sort of, um, I think, confidence in the team right now that they can win against anybody. Now, the same could be said about Morocco. There is there is an idea or a thought that they are finally getting the respect that they've been begging for for a long time. And like you said, they're having to basically play perfect to get to where they are now. They've got a ton of talent on the field. Uh, but the way in which it, it matches up with, with with Portugal, who, again... Are going to be pretty stingy. Um, uh, they they do have some vulnerabilities, just purely age uh, defensively. But they're a pretty stingy team that that won't give up a lot. And then they attack. I I was reading this the other day, and I think I think Portugal are like top four or something in in value player team values in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Behind like basically, I think it's England's one and Brazil's two, and then you know somebody. But like Portugal are in the top four or five and when you when you when you start to put that into context and look at the roster of players that they have they've got some incredible unbelievable talent so it's no surprise that they've got eight different goal scorers um, in this world cup and i think they've broken their record for goals scored or maybe they're close to that already in this point in the tournament so um, portugal yeah I don't, I don't i don't know it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to bet against them But at the same time morocco has a little bit of that magic right now that that they believe they can beat anybody but we saw that with Croatia last uh, World Cup, and and it's hard to run that all the way to a final, you know? Um, and we're seeing that now with them, even Croatia again, and it's, it's hard for me to believe that Croatia are going to run that to um, even a semi-final at this point.
0: Yeah, Chuck, what are you saying with regard to CR7? Would you start him, or do you go with Gonzalo Ramos, who obviously is going off the only hat-trick at this World Cup right now? I thought they looked a lot better without... This looked more dynamic, a little bit more fluid up top. Uh, Joao Felix looked like he didn't was just happy he didn't have to, to pass to the alpha of all alpha males in and Cristiano and, and could help kind of create the game and nice balance to Bruno Fernandes on the either, either side. I actually thought that a player we didn't talk about a lot, or haven't, at least in this show, is just Joao Cancelo also didn't get the start. You know He's considered one of the best fullbacks in, in the world's game, and Fernando Santos has giant ass balls, everybody, for him to leave off CR7 and Cancelo out of the starting lineup and go with Diego Dolat, uh, Dolat on, on the right side and Rafael Guerrero on the left side, and I thought both of those were inspired choices as well. And I think his team just looks better balanced. So do you think there are going to be any changes to this Portugal lineup?
2: I think there shouldn't be any changes in this lineup, and you run it back because this team looked like they Six had goals, a, a whole bunch of energy. And this is the most... The, this There's is also got Rafael Al on, the on the
1: bench, guys. Rafael Leal's yeah, on the bench.
2: Yeah, this is the most, this was the, most, this <laughs> was the most lopsided... This is the most lopsided game uh of the quarterfinals so i think with that he is going to make changes he's not going to run out the same squad um and cr7 it's a good opportunity for him to get going again because we know when you get goals confidence comes if he can score a, a few against morocco that's all that they're going to need all the confidence in the world going against england or france in the next round so for me this is a game where he, Cristiano ronaldo does start because Morocco is is not as good and they're probably going to be defending for most of the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you give them a chance to get going, game because the headache that you're going to have with Cristiano on the bench, if he doesn't start this one, might start to take away from the group.
1: I don't so, know. He looked so, like he had a decent attitude when he came on the field, by the way. Yeah, and for I mean, now. I would say that this came down, and yeah. this one comes down to depth for me, right? When you're this deep in the tournament, a lot of these guys have heavy legs and minutes. Portugal is constantly bringing in two or three massive names to be able to be sparks in the attack for them, whether or not they, 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 you know, they're willing to do that with, with Ronaldo's case. But Rafa another example, um, I think that's going to – when you come down to the 80th minute or 75th minute, you're going to go into potentially extra time, 30, 40, 50 minutes, to have that, that type of level of caliber of player off the bench when legs are getting heavy, I think it's going to be all the difference.
0: Yeah, this was Sorry, actually Jimmy. the first time that Ronaldo didn't start in a major competition for Portugal since 2008. That just, just speaks to his consistency for a long time. One of my things here about Morocco, then we'll get into predictions and move on to England, France, is that Morocco's only scored four goals in four games. And uh, that's not great. And I know they haven't given up any, but it really kind of speaks to how I think this game is going to shape up. And if Portugal can score first, I think Morocco's dead. Uh, they have to try to hold on to a zero as long as possible uh, and, and then try to hit them on a set piece. Or maybe, you know, I mean... Uh, Hakimi and Masraoui are, are excellent um Ziyech is obviously a terrific player as well maybe they can earn a free kick one of those guys can bang home a free kick but but you're still hoping that that's going to happen whereas I think Portugal are in the driver's seat here and I thought that Fernando Santos again the the head coach for Portugal with a masterclass in terms of tactics and player selection in the last one and and uh, beating the Swiss 6-1 is no joke so yeah. I like Portugal to get through I think it'll be close but I I Maybe one zero Portugal. I think Morocco's just going to hold on and, and be tough to beat. And obviously, their goalkeeper uh, Yassine Bounou was was the hero for Morocco, saving those penalties and, and booking their ticket to the quarterfinals, which was so cool to see. They're so well supported here in Qatar. It's it's yeah. pretty neat to see that. And and all the Arab nations that were competing are now kind of backing them. And then and then all of Africa. I, I took an Uber today with somebody from Somalia. He's like, "Yeah, Morocco's my team, man. Morocco's my yeah. team." I was like, "The only African team left, you know." So. They want to see an African team get to a World Cup semifinal, and, and it's pretty cool to see all the support that they have here. So there's a part of me that's actually pulling from Morocco, but I just think Portugal's got too much. What what do you say, Chuck?
2: I think it's 3-0 for, for, <laughs> for Portugal.
0: I tried to set it up that Morocco had a chance. And Chuck's
2: yeah. like, ah, yeah. no,
1: I'm going to close the door on that. No, oh, I'm going
2: to go 3-0 Portugal.
1: All right. I like when I'm Charlie thinking. flicks out a cigarette and just gives us a ten 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 word uh, sentence.
2: <laughs> 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 hey, I'm more I'm more curious to know what you guys think of the, the potential swap for Kingsley Coman and uh for Christian Pulisic. So Dortmund, I mean uh Munich to Chelsea and, and Chelsea to Munich. Okay, By the way, hold on. Let's I,
1: get, I I hope let's everybody get his knows that number. First. I, I hope that everybody knows. No matter how far we stray into just World Cup predictions, we can't help it, guys. We will, we will
2: always. Rock <laughs> we always have table. to come back. We we're addicted. Three, it four exactly. minutes.
1: You know, it's the pretty little flower you learn in improv, Jimmy. You know, you just build that next little petal. We always come back to the core of the national. We're coming game, back like, to the, the source,
2: um, the American I'm source. I'm
1: saying, i I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying Portugal win this one, um, pretty comfortably. Though I do think it could come from, from again that rotation late. I would say a two nil win for Portugal. Yeah, but like and yeah, no, I know, never really feeling like, never really seeming threatened because again, Morocco, if they get in that run and that belief, their their confidence just jumps from like a six sure, to a ten, sure, sure. and you just got to be able to put out that fire for periods and, and neutralize them, and they'll 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 kind of fall back a little bit. But I'm gonna say two 0 for Portugal.
0: All right, all right, now
1: let's talk about
0: Charlie's story because he clearly uh, got bored with the Morocco Portugal talk. But but Pulisic to to if if because let, let's take it. You have Ryan Gravenberg who left. Ajax, because he thought he was going to play a lot at Bayern Munich, didn't, then gets left off the Dutch national team. Not to say that that's going to happen. It's not a light like for light like comparison. But you have a top young player who's got a lot of talent who can't get into the Bayern team. Okay, so if we bring him in, is I, I just would want to know what his minutes were going to look like, because it could fall into the similar situation that he has at Chelsea. Now, if his time at Chelsea is just done and he needs something different, then yes, I think they should do it or he should do it and really encourage that to happen. It's one thing to go back to Germany. It's another thing to go back to the team that always wins, the Bundesliga, and regularly competes to win the the Champions League on a regular basis. You can
1: rotate out of luxury versus rotating out of tinkering, right? Like So he can get minutes, and he's going to be in a team and run a play. I also think that he thrives in the Bundesliga type of uh, tactics that exist there. Um, Mm. I think it'd it'd be, I say amazing, but I think there's better clubs out there. But given the fact that there's a lot of... It's just a really tricky space that he's in, in terms of what he's going to cost and the swap and all that type of thing. That if you can match that up for that, something that's mutually beneficial, um, then then that would be great. Because because otherwise, yeah, I mean, stuck there for even longer, probably.
0: Yeah, if he goes there and then it's he's watching, you know, Gnabry play and Leroy Sané play and Musiala play and everybody but him play, then yeah, that, I mean, they would find room for him. Obviously, they play enough games, he'd get some minutes. But if it looks similar to the rotation he's already in, I don't know. I don't know. I it, it I, I agree with you though. Worse he's kind of right. That's true. But if you extrapolate, okay, how many moves can he make? Like if he's gonna go to a similar situation at Bayern, maybe be wise to wait to find the situation where he would actually get to play more and be more of quote unquote the guy, you know? Because if just you move to Bayern, then you have to wait though. in that situation again, then it's gonna take you a couple more seasons, probably to, to move again. So I I think don't know. what this, do
2: you I say think there? this I think this World Cup helped him. I think it, it it raised his stock or certified his stock. But again, Chelsea's not the right place for him. So he has to make a move, whether that's now in January or in the summer where typically most players get, get their, their ideal move because you have more time. You get to see where, which direction clubs are going in, who's leaving, who's coming. Typically the summer windows where you want to make that move. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think he, he knows he can play with the best uh, after this World Cup. I know he knows on his day he he's a game changer. So – you 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 need to go to a place where you're going to get that chance to play every day, and and that's probably not going to be at the most elite club mm-hmm. because of. You them. Ain't
1: playing over Mane, you ain't because... playing over Gnabry, yeah, of and you ain't that playing even over Busiaba unless add, unless, even unless, money, unless, is unless Any, Chupamotin like is out and 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 Mane is is up top or whatever they were they were trying to do in the very beginning. Then, no, but
0: they play better uh, with Chupamotin at the nine. So yeah, yeah, I I agree. All right, let's finish yeah. off uh, today's show with the last, probably maybe the best quarterfinal. England versus France. This one is a real barn burner. I'm going to give you guys some fun facts that I uh, dug up here. Um, this is the first time that these two countries have met in a major tournament elimination game. So that's one. Both teams cruised through the round of 16. England beat Senegal 3-0. France topped... Uh, who they beat. they beat? They beat Poland. Poland, right? Yeah. 3-1. Now, these are two of the three highest-scoring teams in the tournament. England averages three goals per game. And France are third at 2.3 goals per game. So I like both teams to score on this one. If you guys are into wagering stuff, um, France is the first defending champion to make the quarterfinals since 2006. Brazil and England has made consecutive World Cup finals quarterfinals. Excuse me for the first time since 2002. In two thousand
1: six, so those are like my fun facts. I got, I got, I got two more fun facts, Jimmy. Let me add to this. Shoot, Shoot. Uh, France are unbeaten in the thirteen games in which Kylian Mbappe has started in the World Cup and Euro Championships. They are ten wins and three uh, draws, uh, winning all nine in which he started at the World Cup. And then the other uh, fun fact is that England have That's been a good eliminated. One. From six of their last eight World Cup knockout matches against European nations, and France have progressed from eight of their last ten against uh, Europeans. Um, and so, in terms, so of you're basically saying France matches. is winning based on your fun
2: facts. Yeah. You saying "Ailé Bleu"? Yeah, that is what he's saying. Li- I'm li- so confused with all
1: these upsets in this World Cup that I'm just going on historical figures here, guys. Just give me that's numbers, and I'll just say anything. You know, that's it. You can build a narrative around any fun fact, but uh, yeah. this is. This
0: is a great game. I think there are some vulnerabilities in this French team. They've given up a couple goals, and you can get at them. Whereas England, I think, has been a little bit more stout defensively. And, and actually, to your point, you said it a little bit earlier, Heath, that it was a really professional performance against Senegal. England was just like, "Yeah, all right, we're ready. We're gonna." We, yeah, we, first
1: fifteen though. First fifteen, there was shaky. Senegal could have scored one and two. And, That's and, right. They and they there was a little us, bit of that, that we talked about the U.S. Yeah. and the Netherlands. Maybe it wouldn't have been enough um, in the end, but. There is still that like shakiness that that like any team, they can, you know, if you if you if you hit them early, it can change things, but man, they looked good the rest of that game. And Charlie said yeah. it right. Like they made changes. They've grown as a team and they've been willing to change, probably in the way that Southgate didn't want to um going into this tournament.
0: It, this is an interesting it. one. Chuck, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: I think similar to what you said earlier about the Netherlands. Uh, beating us if if england were, were to advance and beat france you're like hey we were better than them <laughs> we were I, better love, than I would them. love that i would <laughs> you love know? that yeah but, uh,
1: it's youth soccer it's, we lost to the final we lost to the winners you know like well, we're basically we lost, second place actually
2: we were we tied we drew against oh, yeah. the winners um, oh that's true True. true I, I. it's just hard for me to bet against killing mbappe he's yeah. such he's such he's one of those generational players just with his pace and electricity and just his confidence right now. I know England, if you're looking from, from the goalkeeper position, I think I give England the nod. I I think Hugo Lloris is shaky at this time. I don't think I'm, I think he gives away. He tries to anticipate too many shots. He cheats a little bit. So I'd give Pickford the, the nod. If I'm picking between those two, if I'm looking at the back line,
0: Okay, okay. Oh yeah, let's do this. well, yeah. I think I like where you're going. So you have yeah. let's just let's just go either or, like which one's better? So so you have Pickford over Loris. Yep. Right? Okay. Back line, it's looking like it's gonna be Koundé, who I don't really like it right back for France, Veron, Upa and Teo Hernandez mm-hmm. against Shaw, Maguire, Stones, and Walker. But I think they might actually go back to a back three or a back five England in this one. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to stick I with mean, back I mean,
1: I I would say that. I would say France, but the way in which the England back line is played, it's hard to say otherwise. Like, they've looked very clean. We can say that. it's a
2: draw, then. I'd say it's pretty <laughs> even, too. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. It's, 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 uh, I'd uh, say it's a... Uh, it's
1: the old paper rock scissors. Go, do it again. Yeah. Okay, okay.
2: Then
0: let's, let's do midfield, then. You have okay. Bellingham, yep. Rice, and... Maybe, well, is Henderson out or Henderson, Calvin Phillips? He, he
2: scored, so I, would say. Or mount. I think they're going to run it back. Um,
0: okay. So, yeah, I think Henderson would probably fit in there too. Yeah.
1: Against uh, Schwamini, Rabio, and Griezmann.
2: Yeah, I am going I to mean, France. weirdly,
1: Rice is in my team of the tournament. Rabio's is in my team of the tournament. Um, Fran- yeah. Fran- and,
2: France gets a nod for me in that.
1: Yeah. That's, listen, Schwamini is sick. I like him a lot.
0: Um, And then, and then, uh, I used to say Shuameni, but then I learned how to pronounce it properly. Since Is it not cho-mini? chomini? No, it's it's Schwa Mini. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm and then you have Rabio and why. then Griezmann. Um and griezmann has been excellent this tournament. Yes, he has. Yeah. And Rabio's been excellent too. Yeah. I I I God. If, that if was, you had to oh,
2: go oh, with okay. enough, if you had to go with one, though.
0: Uh, I would probably go with, oh my, Rabiot has like never really done it for me at the club level. Yeah, but I, mean, I know it's so hard. He's been so, everything, so good at the tournament
2: And he's uh, everything. He's, he's a ball. He's balling. He's so he's good. Robbie, he's been playing excellent. Now. Yeah.
0: I, 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 uh, it's the Henderson spot that there's a, it just yeah. feels like a drop off. I know that he scored, but.
2: But it's a drop off. Uh, so I'd
0: probably go with France. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now front three, France, Dembele, Giroud, Mbappé. And then England, it's looking like Foden, Kane, and Bukayo Saka. Oh God, <laughs> dude, those front threes are sick, everybody. Bukayo Saka's that out there. got
1: three goals. Mbappe's got five. Uh, Kane's got. I think he's uh, at the top for assists. I think he has,
2: think he has uh, one goal though, just one goal. He's got Kane.
1: a goal. Who, he scored against Senegal. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah, one goal. Yeah, he's got, but, but he's got, but, he's got. Yeah, a, I think he's at the top towards assists. And then you've got Giroud's on three goals, right? Mm-hmm. Three. Like it's, and Foden's Foden got two assists from the last game. Yeah. I mean, that's it's hard to say. Otherwise, the only, t- only person in that whole front thing, though, that even against Poland, Mbappe was quiet for the first half, first little bit, and then bang, bang. Because he can yeah. take the ball anywhere. And now you're down 1-0. And then you're down 2-0. And then you could be down 3-0. And he can do all of that in a matter of seconds. And I don't think any other player in this tournament is capable of – of being neutralized at any period of any game you can neutralize him for 89 minutes and and he can beat two players and put it top bins and i don't know like
0: it's crazy so what do we say what's the prediction this one oh you think it's gosh. going extra time i i think i think God. france wins france wins by a goal i don't know if it's one one, one zero two mm. one i think both teams will score but but I don't know if they're going to score that in extra time, or if it's going to like they're going to they're going to win by a goal.
2: That France uh, team just yeah. has so much pace on those wings, Dembele and Mbappe. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: I'm trying to think though, because France obviously lost Benzema.
2: Yeah, who, and Giroud. I'm trying to think who still... has a better
0: bench. Like who comes off oh, and makes who has a better bench?
2: I think England has a better bench.
0: Yeah, Rashford.
2: Rashford's you got Sterling, big coming back. Sterling's,
0: Sterling's coming back
2: hmm You have but Rashford off the bench is just he, he's a menace.
1: That's the thing you yeah, have Coman for France. You've got, Coman, France. Taram. You've got
2: that. that's 20. not doing it for me. I I think yeah. England has the better. Bench. I
0: actually think that, that England's got the better bench, which yeah, could end up being the difference, right.
1: everybody. Marcus yeah. Taram is not is not, you know, uh on the same level as, as as Sterling is in terms of bringing out. No. Bench. Yeah,
0: you got Rashford, um, Sterling.
2: Yeah. 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 I agree. We I, didn't I, talk I, about English.
0: Grealish. Grealish is you know Mount.
2: England's got I it. I don't know. England's That's got a, the England England's has got more got a game, game changers bench man, off, and, and, off and that could bench. that
0: could prove to be the difference. I would be really surprised, given how well France has looked, that. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I my vibes are because I had Brazil France in my final bracket. Oh,
2: like, run it back 98.
0: I want, I want it, I want that, but I don't know,
1: Francis. Charlie, uh, you got England whole, s- in this one, or who do you bracket.
2: got?
1: Yeah, who do you got? Can't they can't tie, Charlie? They can't tie forever. You know, time is ticking. Come on, everything, man! Everything, everything,
2: everything, everything. <laughs> my body is telling me. England no, don't give me do heart it. in
1: mind. Don't give me you know heart what? in mind now. Who's I'm winning? I'm going
2: to say because of the one player who, who is he's going? The best he's going to England. He's going, he's going Mbappe. My guy. Mbappe, Allez le bleu. OK, right. I think allé, allé, blue. Allé. I'm, I'm,
1: I, I, I'm sticking to that too. just I, I think England could outplay France for most of this game. But but Mbappe, I just
2: it's just Mbappe. I know he's,
1: he can have an off day. I know he can have a bad day. I know he's been shut down before. They said it in the comments about Kyle Walker's had his day with Mbappe. But it, it right now, the form that he's in and the belief that he has and the fact that he's has <laughs> yeah. on the pace for Golden Boot. You know, if you've seen him in this tournament and you've seen him score, he will score from anywhere against anybody, and he'll beat three players. And Dembele, no, he, too.
2: Dem, yeah. Dembele has that, does yeah. that lightning pace? He, he will beat Luke Shaw up. So yeah, it's wait. it's yeah. unreal.
0: I think, I think as long as they don't have to rely on their bench for too long in that game, then France has got a great chance. Mm-hmm. We all have France, we all have Portugal, I think. Only yeah, Netherlands France, is the one that's France, different. Portugal. You have I have Argentina and Brazil. So unbelievable scenes, but uh, that is it for the show for today. We appreciate you guys. just want to keep hanging
2: out with you guys. Hanging out. I know. That's good to see you again, James. I'm I'm in a good vibe right now. I got it. This is is nice. We're back together. We're back together,
0: man. It's like a big warm hug with everybody. Yeah, I miss the Instacoin yeah. we trust community. We're gonna be doing it again, very very soon. So thank you for the support as always. Hit likes and the subscribes. Leave us five star reviews. You guys know the deal. We appreciate the love, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening. Respect and
2: YouTube fam. We love you. Love
0: you all. Love you all. Love.